<laughs> it's it, it's un tangibly. Yeah, it's complete. Unequivocally. Whedon esque. Whedon esque. Hey everybody, welcome to Back Issues. I'm Sal. Yeah, I'm Ethan. I'm Ben. The comic book discussion series where I explain comics to two guys who don't even know what street Ben Grimm grew up on. Anyway, we're talking about Did a you stun- know? Yeah, it's Yancey Street. Oh. Anyway, uh, yeah, we're talking about the Yancey Street gang. He's not. He's <laughs> Yancey Street. Anyway, we're talking about Astonishing X-Men, which is actually a fan submission. Uh, we got this okay. on an episode of Letters page. Yep. And he gave us the whole damn run <laughs> nice. of the story that's worth a damn reading. And it's written by Joss Whedon. It's very Whedon-esque. <laughs> and there are lots of quips. Oh my god. It's helplessly quippy. Uh, mm. do, do they end a particular issue or volume? With, like, a panel was just like, wait, what? Yes. Everything is a wait, what? Does a very popular character get impaled on a spike at the end for no reason? Yes. Too soon, man. Damn it. Too soon. That's, that was, like, ten years ago, man. I know. <laughs> well, for some of us, it just happened yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. The art is by John Cassidy, and it is fucking glorious. Yeah. I love the art in this book, and that's probably why it was so delayed. This was the, like, ongoing series for X-Men, Astonishing X-Men. New title. Uh, they actually created an old title called Astonishing X-Men back in, like, the 90s, but who cares? They weren't astonishing back then. Nothing astonishing about it. It had Legion in it. It was garbage. But, like, <laughs> this was Whedon's, like, mark. This is, like, his, I'm, I'm writing for Marvel now, I'm writing comics. Here it is, and I'm going to astonish you. <laughs> Uh, so their feats with their amazing oh, X-Men feats. So this is coming off of the heels of Grant Morrison writing X-Men. Okay. And Grant Morrison had just destroyed New York City, like Manhattan, like in Times Square, because of Magneto. Like Magneto wrecked New York. Okay. And he also kind of established. He's at the stage by making the X-Men smaller again. Like, like, normal, like, like in the 90s, it was a sprawling team. Okay. Like, there was X-Men Alpha and X-Men Omega and X-Men uh, Blue. Like, there were too many X-Men. There's too many friggin' X-Men. Let's break it down. So, uh, Whedon sees no reason to break the mold when it came to Morrison's team, which was Cyclops, Wolverine, Emma Frost, who had been originally the White Queen, right. the leader of the Hellfire Club, which was a silly group of... Of douchey one percent mutant bad guys, <laughs> and uh, oh, um, Beast, Doctor Henry McCoy, mm-hmm. and this book introduces or reintroduces Shadow Cat, aka Kitty Pride, uh, brings her in. She's our ride along character. She's really important because she was our ride along character back in the seventies when yeah. Days of Future Past was established and stuff. So like, let's do it again. Only now she's like an adult. She's joining right. like a more adult version of the X Men, okay. and uh, this there this is a lot of groundwork laying. Like even though Grant Morrison kind of redefined X Men, he's Grant Morrison by the way is responsible for why um, the X Men wear leather in the movies, because he's like they shouldn't wear colorful costumes. They're not superheroes. They're like a covert team of protectors and defenders. Like they should be wearing like covert operation outfits, and so he gives them all like really like you un- like very uh, unified like, X-oriented black leather with, like, yellow accent outfits. Uh, and then Whedon comes in and he goes, Nah. <laughs> that was dumb. Nah, fuck that. Yeah. Uh, also, another point to note is that Genosha, the mutant island, 
right. uh, has been annihilated. <laughs> okay. And uh, there has been a mutant holocaust at the hands of Cassandra Nova, a douchey mutant herself, who launches a sentinel, who uh, goes rogue and blows the fuck out of this mutant island. One sentinel. Yeah. Takes out a mutant island. Yeah. Yeah. The whole island. Mm-hmm. There weren't mutants there that could have taken down this it. sentinel. It's another book. All that matters is there was a mutant holocaust and they rebuilt the Xavier School. The Xavier School gets leveled like every other day. So they rebuilt the Xavier School. It was a great opportunity for Whedon to do a soft reboot on the X franchise. And in fact, like this is this is retconning and, and rebooting at its finest because it's like, you don't need to read anything to get caught up with Astonishing X-Men. Okay. But if you did read everything, it... Still works. It, it, it touches it. Okay. Like, oh, remember that? Remember that thing you liked? There, yeah, it happened. It, don't worry. It don't worry, happen. it still happened, and this doesn't invalidate it. Uh, unlike Grant Morrison's run. Because Grant Morrison created this guy named Zorn, who was, like, this Chinese mutant. And they bring him in, and they, like, like the X-Men bring him in, and they make him, like, a member of the team. Mm -hmm. And then, at the end of the day, he reveals himself as Magneto. Right. And he, like, betrays the X-Men. And then uh, Marvel was like, you know, that Zorn character was really cool. And Grant Morrison's like, yeah, but he was Magneto. And they're like, yeah, but what if, like, he was his own character that, like, could, like, be, you know, in the books? Because he was really popular. And Morrison's like, well, that would invalidate my story. And they're like, cool, okay, well, we're going to do that anyway. <laughs> Oh my god. So they did that. And, that's, and Morrison's like, shit! Yeah, Morrison's like, well, fine, I'll just write Batman forever. And uh, so in this, we establish, like, they built, they rebuilt the school, and Cyclops and Emma Frost are banging because Jean is dead. Right. And who cares? She's been dead for, like, a while. She's been dead right? for a while, yeah. Uh, yeah, after, like, End Song or something. But anyway, uh, she's dead, and Cyclops and Emma are banging. In fact, they were kind of mind-banging while Jean was still around. That's right, I remember you saying Wait, mind-banging? Yeah, like they would meet in each other's minds and bang there. Well, like in that's, her mind, right? Like in her mind, yeah. That's she, not banging. Well, that's how Cyclops sees it. Right. Like, he's like, well, I never cheated on my wife, Jean. And I thought like, about it a lot. Well, yeah, I, I thought, thought about long it. long and hard. Yeah, you and I thought about and it. In my brain, it's effectively like I did. Yeah, and because probably memories are such that it's like I remember cheating on my wife. Well, and memories and nerve sensations. I was also like yeah, conscious when it happened and right. I deliberately chose to do it. Yeah. And like when I banged you, I actually ejaculated in real life. So like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, probably, right? That's how it works. I'm sure. I don't know, did he get all sweaty? Did he, like, start breathing faster You know, shit? I don't actually remember if, like, they show panels where he's just lying in bed, like, by himself, like, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's not that scene in yeah. Ghostbusters? Yeah, it's not. <laughs> that scene in Ghostbusters where you go, wait, did wait. you just accidentally splice in another Dan Aykroyd movie? <laughs> and then put in a ghost? So, yeah, uh, they're establishing this, and, and Cyclops is like, all right, I've got a new strategy for the X-Men. Oh, um, after... sucking? Cyclops is super cool in this book, oh. and it like is, he's not a super asshole. Well, no, he's super well, asshole. Oh, because okay. I was not ready for that. Right? No, he's a super douche, but he's also a, a damn good leader. Okay, and that's kind of like the theme of of Cyclops's arc is that he's a great leader. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, Professor X has kind of pieced out of the X Men. He went to Genosha to like find himself or whatever. Right. This is before um, House of M. Okay. But interestingly enough, because of all the delays. Every significant thing that happens in Marvel happens during the story. It's why, like, the X-Men weren't really all that important in Civil War, because this shit was going on. Okay. And, uh, and then later, House of M will be referenced, so, like, I guess that also happened. All right. <laughs> but, um, 
the book kept getting delayed because Wheaton is a super popular TV and movie director, and John Cassidy draws really pretty pictures, and it probably takes him a long fucking time to do it. Yeah. So that combination is a lethal dose of a for a, uh, is a lethal combination for a monthly book. So it wound up kind of being more like every two months or every four months. <laughs> uh, so a book that should have come out like once a month for twelve months wound up taking like two years. Okay. Um, and this is four volumes. And by the way, if you read it and sit in, like in one sitting, it's a great read. Yeah. And but I can imagine how fucking agonizing oh, it yeah. is. Over two years. Yeah, over two years. Yeah. Especially with the Whedonisms and everything. <laughs> so the story is really just like Cyclops is like, we rebuilt the school, me and Emma are in charge, and this is establishing something interesting because you think like this is a, this has been a part of X-Men lore forever, but no, in fact, like it's a more recent construct from Morrison and Whedon. The idea that they were like, let's make the Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters a school where, like, kids can go and, like, learn how to help, like, hone and control the mutant powers, but also, like, learn physics and science and math. Like, the it idea... Was that before? No, it was a training institution oh. for X-Men. And then later they were like, let's also put innocent children in harm's way. <laughs> and so they do, and that's but a they're, big theme. they're mutant children, though. Right, right they're right. still mutant children, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so the story in the first volume is that there's a mutant cure. They've discovered a cure, which of course Brett Ratner ripped off and put in his horrible expert. Uh, yes. uh, they've established a cure, and it's uh, discovered by this scientist chick that Beast knows. <laughs> and she goes on TV and she's like, I found a cure! But uh, they, she goes on TV at the same time as some weird-looking dude in a crappy costume named Ord, who as it turns out is an alien, a, like attacks, okay. a, 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 attacks a cocktail party. Oh. And... Like, like the Joker in Dark Knight. Right, yeah. And, uh, of course... Predated. Only better. Yeah. No, that scene is awesome. Yeah, that scene is awesome. In this, it's... whatever. But, uh... No, I'm just assuming, like, because these people are effective. Oh, yes, Batman is totally unaffected oh, in, yeah. in a fight. He yeah. can't even stop one girl from falling out a window. Yeah. In fact, he orders it to happen. In fact, he falls out a window, too, and then, like, destroys a car. He should be dead. Anyway, uh... So in this, uh, Cyclops calls the team together. He also uh, Emma requests that Kitty Pride come back to the school. He's like, she, and 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 Kitty hates Emma. That's like mm. that's the that's the source of conflict. Is that Kitty Pride's like I'm back, and they kind of parallel her coming back with her first joining the school, and she goes through like memories and stuff, and then uh, they have like orientation. Where all the school, all the, all the kids are there, yeah. And then Emma uses her mind powers to make everyone think that a sentinel is attacking, and all the kids are like, "Whoa!" And she uses that opportunity to figure out which kids in there were really excited, like about having a fight with a sentinel, so they know to watch them. So they're not here to be like weapons and fighters; they're here to be students. And she's like, "I know that Professor X would never have done that, but like, I'm a Stokehold bitch, <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and I'm not Xavier, and I want to teach them, right? And I want to like protect them." Even from themselves. We meet a few lame mutants. Until they graduate. Right. Then they can find all they want. Well, then they can join the team. Right. Like, there's a character that we meet named Wing. He's just a douchey teenager who can fly. No wings. Ironically enough. He can just fly. Like Superman. Okay. That was like, that was a, a name his friends gave him. Yeah. Like, I can fly. What, do you have wings or something? No. No, I just fly. Well, how do you fly? I don't know. I bet you got wings. You don't even know. Hey, wing. Or they just watch so him wing. fly and they go, yeah, go up in the air. Wing. <laughs> That's flyer. Flyer. <laughs> flyer. 
Yeah, why don't you just fly? <laughs> That's in his name, should have been Flyer. Yeah, flyer. So, uh, Cyclops calls a team, and he's like, alright guys, this is like the, the inner circle of like Beast and Emma and Shadowcat and Wolverine. And he's like, alright, we need to fix our crappy reputation since Magneto destroyed New York, and right. we look like crap. Yeah. So, we're gonna get back into superheroing. Okay. And as such, we're gonna have to put on our cool new superhero powers, or costumes. So everyone gets their old costumes. Okay. So it's the way for Whedon to be like, remember those fun characters you liked saving the day? Well, they're back and they're gonna do that. Right. And Which so, sucks because their costumes kind of suck. Their costumes are classic. I love seeing Wolverine, especially rendered by John Cassidy, in his old, like, red and blues. I guess it's... I'm sorry, yellow and blues. I guess it's Cyclops' costume that I really hate. You know, it's a variant it on, like, two yeah, different versions yeah. of Cyclops' costume. It's, it, it's not great. Like, it's not iconic, and it's not... There's no reason... I, well, why right, is it a full... Great. Yeah. Like, why is it a full condom suit, aside from his <laughs> nose and mouth? I don't know. Yeah. I, I totally understand, like, all right, maybe we should cover our hair. Maybe that's a tactical advantage. Yeah. Wolverine does it, too, but, like, he looks like Robo. He's got long hair. He does look like Beast has hair everywhere. Kid yeah. Pride's hair is out, so clearly that's not it. Yep. Yeah. Nope. It's like, no, we don't need these guys to be sexy. Gambit has his hair showing. Yeah, but Gambit's, Gambit's not even close to this team anymore. No, but I'm saying like... But yes, yeah. Gambit can have his hair out. In fact, yeah. Gambit has to wear one of those costumes where his hair's only out. Gambit lets his hair down. That's right. So, uh, the X-Men respond to a distress situation that happens in this cocktail party, and this douche named Ord shows up, and he's like, Mutants are the plague, and I'm gonna destroy you! And they, like, fight him. He's the cure. What? He's the cure. No, he's not. For the disease. Well, well yes. I mean, like, yeah, I'm the cure. the disease. Exactly. What's really strange is that he, he's an alien. <laughs> yes, he's an alien from outer space. Yeah. So, he sees... Probably, like, what does he give a shit about mutants? Yeah, well, no, it's yeah. like... It's, in, it's about, integrally involved. What about humans? Because you're just like, alright, well, clearly if you have a problem with mutants, yeah. they're just an evolved form of humans. Right, no. Well, no, but there's more humans. The mutants are an aberration. Yeah. I don't even know about humans or mutants, but I can see that there's fewer mutants. Right, no, his problem is with mutants. Well, there are fewer, like, Labradors than there are German Shepherds. Yeah. I'm going to destroy all the Labradors. Clearly the play. inferior breed, well, they it's, should be removed. It's also just a way easier fight to battle one subset of the human yes. population instead of oh. all of them. Yeah. That's where the Red Skull fails. He wants to take over the world. Orton wants to fight one tiny percentile of the human race. That's a fair fight. And you might win that. Which is already kind of disliked like, by the rest of right, the Exactly. Maybe. Yeah, you might get a couple of zealots to help you out. Yeah. So Orton has a real problem mutants. We'll get into why in a little bit. But his attack on the cocktail party is not uh, by accident. Because at the same time, they made the announcement they have the mutant cure. Mm -hmm. And so the X-Men were over there. Instead of watching the telly oh. and seeing that was happening. Okay. And uh, actually, the X-Men get their asses handed to them, and it's only by the luck of... alien? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe they're out of practice. Yeah, they haven't that. been a team in a while. Also, they're an he's an alien, and he's a, he's a warrior. Okay. So it's like he's really good at it, and he's been training forever. He's like a Klingon. Yeah, he's like a Klingon. He's like a Klingon. You'll see why in more in a minute. Uh, the, the, the way they ultimately defeat him is Lockheed the Dragon, Kitty Pride's old, like... Plucky's like, yeah. sidekick blows fire on him. Nice. And yeah. Then, so that's what defeats him. Yeah. So then uh, there, there's a press conference because well, not a press conference, but like the press is there. Yeah. And they're like, "What's up?" And the press, of course, is racist and stupid. And, yeah. You know, they're like, "So uh, when are you gonna register your power?" You know, like they're oh. douchey. And they're like, "Ron, it's such a surprise. What a welcome change." Yeah. And uh, so they do they ask them about the cure. What are your comments on? Yes, the cure? they do, and they're like, "What?" 
And they go home and they're like, oh my god. Right. So Beast uh, was a colleague of the woman who's like in charge of the cure, and so he goes and confronts her, and he gets okay. he gets a little piece of the cure. Like, she gives him a vial of the cure to, like, analyze. Okay. And Emma, of course, because of her psychic power, she's always monitoring everyone. Because she's a douche. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she knows that Hank is thinking about using it. Oh. So she tells Wolverine to, like, well, because he looks like a hideous cat beast yes. instead of, like, a cool badass beast. I know. Well, that's also part of the secondary mutation that they established with Grant Morrison's run. I have no problem with this. What, with Cat Beast? Yeah. I'm fine with Cat, cat beast. beast. looks fucking dumb. He, I always hated Cat Beast. That said, he was not nearly as distracting as he became under Bendis' run, where he's mm. like an ape monster. Monkey Beast. Yeah, Monkey Beast. Yeah. I love Classic Beast. It might be because of cartoon beast or mm. because of the comic book beast because he just looked awesome yeah but either way i prefer my beast to cat beast he is he's they draw him cool in this book he still looks like a cat man yeah but he is a badass so it's not terrible uh whatever so like they uh there's a bunch of like fights like oh god like wolverine starts a fight with cyclops because cyclops is banging emma and he's like you wouldn't even wait until she was cold in the ground and oh, then they fight Jesus. and the kids are like so the adults just fight all day <laughs> like that's what we do yeah. here and that's the moment where i was telling ethan off camera like there's a moment where wing is feeling bad about being a mutant like you do uh -huh. and kitty's trying to give him an inspirational speech and she gives him like the the usual you know we work together and we stay we stand together or we'll fall together Right. And Wing's reaction to her story is, "Are you fucking retarded?" Wow. Yeah. And wow. Miss Prime. He actually says that. Are you dense? I'm sorry. Are, are you, you a fucking retard? Oh, okay. It's actually worse. Yeah. So uh, she grounds I'm him. I'm the goddamn or, Batman. Yeah, I'm the goddamn <laughs> Wing. I'm goddamn lame. So. Uh, Wolverine is also interesting in this in this in this book because Whedon, first of all, Whedon does a great job of balancing the team. Everyone gets cool moments, and it's not like here's your cool moment and then you never do anything else in the book. He does a great job of balancing them. Mm -hmm. Wolverine is for me uh, really well executed because he's not the fulcrum of the book, he's not the main character of the book, but he always has fun moments. He's just a player. He's just a player. Yeah, and he's happy to be a player in this. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, they give Ord to Nick Fury. He's got game, is what you're saying. He does have game. Yeah. He gets no game in this book. <laughs> uh, they give Ord the alien to Nick Fury, and he's like, this isn't really my area. And this is when we establish there's another arm to the government that deals with aliens. Oh. And it's called S.W.O.R.D. Mm. And S.W.O.R.D. has its own Nick Fury in the form of this green-haired chick named Abigail Brand. And she is a huge bitch. Uh. <laughs> And way more unscrupulous than Nick Fury, if you could believe it. Okay. And she has an instant problem with the X-Men. Like, the X-Men enable... Like, if the Avengers have a problem with Nick Fury, this uneasy relationship, the X-Men have Abigail Brand. Okay. It also makes perfect sense because people forget, like, that the X-Men and space, like Marvel Cosmic, are intimately tied. They're, mm. they're interwoven with each other. Yeah. Like, the, the, the Avengers have not gone into space nearly as many times as the X-Men. The X-Men have destroyed planets thanks to, like, the Phoenix and the Shi'ar and Gladiator and all that shit. So, for them to fight an alien, while it seems kind of weird, mm -hmm. 
is not out of the realm of, of, of acceptance and possibility. Right, right. <clears throat> so Wolverine and Beast wind up having like a big fight because Wolverine's like, if you take the cure, you're saying that we're not a team. You're saying that like the cure is the only way out. Like you're a founding member of the X-Men and if you take the cure, you basically undermine everything we're doing. Mm -hmm. Like you're basically endorsing yeah. it. And Beast's like, you know what, like, fuck you. <laughs> but I look like a cat. And he's also establishing that, like, there's this animal side of him that's starting to come out. Ooh. Like, the like Beast is becoming more bestial in his, like, mind. Okay. Thankfully, he never, like, there's only one moment where he goes full Beast, and it's because, like, his mind... He goes Beast mode? Whoa, whoa, beast you mode. never go full Beast. You never go full Beast. <laughs> where he goes Beast mode. Uh, he would have... Want it for the Seahawks. Uh, Look at this scene. <laughs> By the way, the Danger Room is an interesting player in this whole series because the Danger Room is basically the holodeck. Okay. Using old Shi'ar tech. Oh. Originally, the Danger Room was just a big room with like with like with like saw blades and, and yeah. like stompers, and crushers. Yeah. It can be anything. But now it can, now it's a fucking like holodeck. Now you can go on vacation in the Danger Room. And you get this giant scene of Wolverine sitting in a giant teddy bear. Yeah, well, she she chooses the program because they're all acting like babies. Oh. So they are in a like kids' playroom, where everything's giant, and they're like. Yes, they also do, they do another thing where like uh, everyone's freaking like Wolverine and Cyclops have a fight, and so Beast programs the Danger Room to be in Hawaii, but like they're gigantic and ho the Hawaiian Islands are like chairs, uh. and then he's like, I think I fucked up the program, like we're like, and it's also of course metaphor for them being bigger than life and blah blah blah. Right. But then he shrinks them down and they're just on the beach and it's cool. Beast finds out through his research on the cure and his interrogations of the science chick that he used to work with that she and Ord, the alien guy, are in cahoots. Oh. That Ord gave her alien technology to help figure out the alien or the, the, the mutant cure. Oh what did he get? <clears throat> he got uh, access to a dead mutant and former member of the X-Men to experiment on because they're because what you'll find out later is they're important. Morph! It's not Morph. <laughs> Morph is only from that cartoon <laughs> and in the Exiles. He's never in this. I hope. It's not Morph. I'm sorry. I know. Listen, when the fucking X-Men animated series started, I remember being like, who is this Morph guy? <laughs> who is this Morph who asshole is Morph? who sucks? Yeah, who sucks? Oh, wait, never mind. Up. He's fucking dead. Um, is it Jean Grey? <laughs> That's what they're thinking. They're like, oh shit, it's Gene. Right. And like, it's funny because Emma is like, Emma has this like Wheaton line where she says, I'm a 10th level psychic. I have like millions of dollars in the bank account and I have the best body money can buy and I still rank below a corpse. So That's a great line. Yeah, great I know, it's, it's fantastic. And actually there's a, there's a motion comic before Guided View and Comixology. They actually had this run on like DVD and you could watch... And it had audio. Mm. And actually, I think you can ch catch it on, like, Netflix or something. It had audio? Yeah. So and people recorded these lines. Yeah, like, they had actors, like, sit in, like, a booth and record the lines That's and stuff. Do you know weird. if anyone... It's very weird. They... Like, prominent did it? No. Oh. No, but, like, the woman who plays Emma is pretty good. Like, I hear that voice when I read this book. Okay. Um, so, they go to the, uh, the facility. Like, the, the company where they're making this cure. Okay. And they got, like, mutants outside who, like, all want to get in. Oh. Who have, like, shitty powers that yeah. they don't want. Yeah. And uh, they storm the place. They get attacked by guards. 
Uh, Kitty is there, and she uh, uses her phasing power. Like, everyone gets their asses kicked, and, and Kitty phases out, and she winds up going into, like, this secret, like, facility room. There's, like, off-limits, like, room made of, like, really weird, like, metal. Like, so, like, it, and it's alien metal. Mm -hmm. So, like, it's it's having a weird effect on her personally, like, on her, on her physiology and shit. Right. The X-Men, of course, find, like, the body of some dead mutant, and so they assume they're doing, like, crazy mad scientist experiments on them. Right. When in reality, it turns out, like, this mutant just killed herself because she didn't want to be a mutant anymore. Oh, wow. <clears throat> but they were like, Deep but mutant. That's they, fucking dark. Well, and the scientists, like, used her body to, like, experiment on it. Right. They're like, it's like... Well, I mean, she's dead. She's dead. She's dead. She killed herself, yeah, yeah, yeah. but... And we can't find any family. Well, and no one will, like, let us experiment on them when they're alive. Right. So you know, that would be inhumane. We'll just take this down. <laughs> yeah, like, who cares? Right. And, uh, so I mean, they we fight... didn't kill her. We just, you know, didn't try to... <clears throat> well, wait a minute. I thought the dead mutant was given to Ord. No, that was another dead mutant. That, that was they another had, dead mutant. That they had for a couple of years. Okay. They've been able to experiment on him. Okay. Or her. Like, it could be Gene. We're all thinking it's Gene. No, it's you so. said him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it turns out it's Colossus. I was going to say Magneto. No, it's not What? Magneto. Colossus had been dead for, like, five to, like, to eight years. Oh, I didn't years. know that. Like, yeah, Colossus died in the 90s. After his sister, Ileana Rasputin, died from the mutant legacy virus, which is basically mutant AIDS. Okay. Uh, Mag I actually want, uh, Colossus wound up quitting the X-Men, joining Magneto, like, joining the Acolytes, and, like, then he quits that and, like, gets sad. And so you're gonna run his sister anymore. Yeah, and eventually the legacy virus, and eventually the Marvel had tapped the legacy virus to its fullest. They, they were like, we've, okay, oh, that's, enough. that's enough of this. No one cares about AIDS anymore. Yeah, or... it's done now. So they, uh, so Colossus winds up, like, finding out that they that oh, Beast develops a cure. For the legacy virus. Well, of okay. course he does. He's beast. Right. Yeah. yeah, but beast mode. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going into full science beast mode. So he unfortunately bigger. Just <laughs> do uh, science. So unfortunately, the legacy virus cure only works if it comes in contact with a mutant, and it will kill the mutant. But when it kills the mutant, the 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 antivirus will interact with their mutant physiology and then become an airborne cure that will, like, circulate throughout the air and cure the virus. Cure the other mutants. And cure everyone and eliminate the virus more. So he kills himself and... Or does he? Well, no, he doesn't. Well, he does kill himself, but then Ord intercepts the body before it gets to the crematorium and then he brings it to the lab at this How are you company. How supposed to burn Colossus's body? Well, his, his, his body is normally fleshy. It's only if he activates his mutant power that it's metal. Right. I'm assuming he died when it was when it was metal. He died, and then he had to activate his mutant power, and then he reverted back into being a person. Well, when he died, fleshy when he died. Because he has to exert probably like will power in order to. Yeah, it's like flexing a muscle. Yeah. So when so, you die, it all just relaxes. Yeah, exactly. And you'll back. Ah, but rigor mortis will flex the muscles already. <laughs> it was not Sorry, okay, okay. So anyway, <laughs> Ord. So the retcon in this book is that Ord intercepts Colossus right. and then brings him to his lab and they do experiments on him and like and then they bring him back to life and, and well he uses his like alien technology like whatever we perceive as death is coma like to alien races oh. with advanced technology blah oh like Superman like Superman <laughs> except like sure except nobody says that I just made that like that because I know Superman did that right so like uh, Kitty is of course blown away because her once and future boyfriend Colossus is back and uh, everyone's flipping out because, like, upstairs the 
the company and their mercenaries have all gotten the upper hand and they're kicking the shit out of the X-Men and blah blah blah. And Colossus and Kitty, like, recon like they, they reunite and they save the day. And, uh... So wait, Colossus is down there. He's been held against his will. Yes. But she he doesn't know... him? Or... Yeah, she winds up, like, opening the door with her phasing powers and then, like, he's there. And then he's he... Been just chilling. Well, he's been, like... I want to say tortured, but, like, that's not the right word. It's not like he's, like, Luke or Han in the thing. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> he's just been, like, experimented on. Like, normally he's just sitting there, but then I sometimes Ord will show up and be like, Hey, I, like, need, I, some, need, I need some blood or yeah, some tissue some, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, then Ord attacks, and Colossus kicks the ever-loving shit out of him. Nice. Nick Fury and Abigail Rand show up. They clean up the mess. Whoa, go back a panel to that. Basically, Abigail Rand says is, like, Ord is an alien, like, diplomat. And he, oh my God. as such, he has, has diplomatic, diplomatic immunity. immunity. So he's oh coming with us. God. All right. So you can't just kill him with your adamantium claws. You Wolverine freaks out, and there's diplomatic, and then, like, seven lines oh, of cursing curses just blotted out. Where is, uh, where's Storm? Not here, and doesn't appear until the last issue of this entire arc. Oh. So, uh, Ord winds up stealing a spaceship and tries to leave. He kidnaps a little girl who had a crazy mutant power that killed her family. And they cure her. And then he takes her, because she's still at the facility, and then he, like, brings her with him on his spaceship as, like, a, you know, hostage. And then this is all set up so that we can have this awesome moment, because, like, Wolverine and, and Colossus have always had this little little dance that uh -huh. they do called the Fastball Special. Yeah. Where Colossus picks up Wolverine and then throws him at the enemy. Yeah. And so they do that here. Yeah. And, uh, and they, he just, he whips Wolverine at the spaceship. Huh. In this awesome double page spread. Oh, you see him, like, like making like the spirals wind. in the clouds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then Wolverine, like, and Ord is just like, you know, blah, so here's what we're gonna do, okay, little girl, I'm gonna go to my planet, and then Wolverine punches through the windshield, and then puts his fist in his mouth. And he's like, if you bite my hand off, it will grow back. But not before I pop my claws through your brain. Uh, now land the ship. And then they do, and then... Wait like, a minute. Colossus can throw Wolverine into space? He's not, he didn't break Atmo yet. It was close. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, 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 he, he looked really far. Like, for me, I was like, that's pretty far. Yeah. But okay. Colossus is also really, really strong. Okay. And, and Wolverine's is, really, really small. Yeah, he's right. a little guy. Shrimp. Well, so he doesn't he doesn't <laughs> Wait go the past where the there's no air. No. Okay. No, 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 no. So I'm like, how would he survive in outer space? Right. Well, Wolverine would just keep regenerating. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But he would keep dying. <laughs> so there's like four volumes in this whole story arc, which is kind of cool. And I won't get into all of them, but I will touch on the next one. Okay. Like, so Ord is from this crappy planet called Breakworld, and they have a prophecy. Invented by Whedon? Invented by Whedon. Okay. Everything's been invented by Whedon, uh, as far as these ridiculous contrivances are concerned. Okay. And, uh... They have a prophecy that mutants will destroy all of existence. They will destroy their planet. Their planet. One, oh, just their planet? One mutant will destroy Breakworld. Do, does that happen? Do they destroy Breakworld? Yes. No. Does okay. no mutant destroy Breakworld? No. So but they the, prophesied that true prophecy. Well, they think. Well, okay. So the idea here is that, that like it was a prophecy that Colossus would destroy Breakworld. Okay. So then, like Sword and Abigail Brand and a couple of T and a couple of X Men go to Breakworld, okay. and they're like, and Abigail's like, so you're gonna because like the idea here is that Abigail Brand's like, if you think that one of our people is gonna destroy your planet, you probably have a doomsday weapon that's gonna destroy our planet. 
So I'm going to take the mutant you think is going to destroy your planet, and he's either going to break your weapon or fulfill your prophecy. <laughs> so let's go. And so they go there, and... Wait, what? <clears throat> she's like, I don't care about your fucking crappy planet. I just care about keeping Earth safe. Fuck you, Breakworld. Yeah, fuck Breakworld. Yeah. We didn't invent it anyway. Who gives a shit? What so, happened to <clears throat> diplomatic, diplomatic immunity? She just wanted information from him. I'm supposed to say it's been revoked. It's been it's just been <laughs> nice. I'm not as familiar with that movie as I should be. So uh, anyway, they go to Break World, and uh, a bunch of shit happens. That like whatever. There's a big fight, and it's cool and whatever. And they discover that like the the prophecy was actually an invention. Uh, oh, like, you mean like most prophecies? Yes, just, but it was like the prophecy was only end. like two years old. The, the 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 idea here being that like the guy who invented the pro the one who invented the prophecy uh, wanted to he needed a scapegoat to like keep power and he also like uh, the person who invented the prophecy is actually like a leader of the rebels in that planet because like break world's like like you said the Klingons yeah. but like in a real Klingon world like people who lived there would also be like this place sucks. <laughs> And, like, it's shit, and our kids have to, like, live in garbage and fight each other. That's dumb. And so she, like, tries to save Breakworld by, like, inciting rebellion, and she's like, no, this place is doomed, everyone's fucking stupid, and everyone's crappy. The leader of the rebellions winds up creating the prophecy, and blah, blah, blah. And so, like, she goes, this planet doesn't deserve to live. So, so she's she like, I want him to come here and destroy the planet. And, why like, does she even know about Colossus? Because... Why does she think he even can destroy them? Because He's his metal man. is special. Like, the metal that he is made of is special, and it will, like, allow him to be able to interact with their reactor that, like, runs the whole planet, All and right. so he'll be able to actually, like, push it so that it falls into another reactor that blows up the whole planet. Because, like, they're warriors, they don't care about safety regulations. <laughs> That's the real explanation. Okay. So, like, their world could be destroyed by their power source, if anyone, like, chose to fuck with it. Right. But the only one who can is made out of a special metal that's only on another planet that I we see. happen to, like, hate. So, Interesting. there you go. And well, so... We could save the entire planet by putting this railing here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we could not put that railing there. If the, if the entire world gets destroyed, that is a warrior's death! Yes. And there's a... There's, but the... 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 These... The, the break-worldians or whatever have decided that, like, they have a weapon, too, and it's this fucking crazy missile, right? Yeah. And uh, they try to figure out, like, how to stop it and whatever, and Shadow Cat winds up using her phasing powers to, like, phase into it. And it's this... It's made of this crazy metal that was fucking with her before, and, like, it get, he gave the impression that it was, like, poisoning her. Okay. So you're okay. like, oh, like, what are we doing? And so, like, she's like, I'm feeling sick. Like, when I phase through it, I'm sick. And you're like, oh, God, is she gonna get, like, space cancer or something? Right. <laughs> and, like, they never really go there, I think. Eventually they do, but, like, they don't give her space cancer. But she goes into the missile, and... Because they launch the missile. Oh. And she's in it. So she's, she goes into the missile because she's like, I'll just use the... Because my phasing powers can fuck with electricity and shit. And she's also a computer whiz. Right. So, so she's like, I'll figure... So she goes I'll in there... figure out their alien programming language. Mm -hmm. Or I'll just use my phasing powers to go through it and break and it. And just smash it. I'm yeah. pretty sure circuitry doesn't work when it's broken. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever. So she goes in there, and there's nothing. It's a bullet. Oh. It's just a big metal bullet. And it's just and they fired, fired so it fast. Yep. At Earth. So like, once it hits the Earth, it'll just break it. Like an asteroid. Yeah, but like a big... Like, adamantium, silver-tipped asteroid. Okay, that's, that's kind of cool. 
And so she goes there and that's like... That's actually not a terrible plan. I know. Like impact. Yeah. That's an yeah. actual thing. That's exactly. Cool. So uh, the superheroes on Earth like hear about it. Okay. And so they're like all coming up with their ways of figuring it out and like how to how to solve it. Right. And like the Fantastic Four create a, a an interdimensional. I knew it. I wanted to say it. Reed Richards does. Uh, this. Yeah. Reed Richards does, develops this interdimensional net that it like goes through and goes into the phantom or into the negative zone, and then. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, negative I zone. Know. Yeah. But then it and then it pans back and like shows that they're all smiling because they're all to save the world, and then they start drooling. And then it shows all the superheroes. And they're all smiling and drooling because their minds are being affected to think that each of them has saved the world from this bullet as a defense mechanism to, like, to, to, to prevent Earth's Mightiest Heroes from saving the world. Oh. Because the, the Breakworldians have access to, like, magic and mental powers and shit. So, like... There's no one to stop them, and in fact, like Spider-Man, like webs, like in his hallucination, he webs the the bullet. He's like, "Woohoo! I saved everybody!" Oh, Wait a minute, no. that's ridiculous! <laughs> and he fucking snaps out of it, and he goes, and he's like, "Storm, wake up!" Uh, and Storm's like, "Stop! Don't break my concentration! I'm saving the world!" He goes, "You're saving the world, right?" So is he, and him, and him, and her. And me, apparently, I saved the world. Everybody, wake up! <laughs> we're doing it. We're gonna die. That's fucking awesome. And so they they're trying to reach everybody, and like Emma's using her mental powers to try and like talk to Kitty about like what to do. And I don't think you understand. Like, if there's a problem, Parker Industries has a web for it. Yeah. He's created like space bullet stuff <laughs> web. This is, this is pre Parker Industries, but it's not close. But yeah, it, I love it. Yeah, uh, he waves, He's like woohoo. Wait, I can't save the world. I'm Spider-Man. I can save the world from certain ways, but a giant bullet? Yeah. No. No. That. No. So uh, that's really funny that he's the only one who's. Yeah. I love powers are like either that or he just has such a lot. But no, he just has such little self-esteem. Yeah. That even I couldn't possibly. I couldn't save the world. Oh shit. I have really low self-esteem. <laughs> so uh, it's when like he gets everyone else to save the world, and then like he goes off for a self-help meeting. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't can, even know what I'm doing with my life. I don't think I can man. save the world. So uh, Squirrel Girl saved the world, and I think I don't think I can. So uh, what is this thing? <clears throat> that is a okay. sentinel. That is the sentinel that destroyed Genosha. Oh, what? The the sentinel that destroyed Genosha is infected by an AI in Volume 2, and it makes it attack the X-Men. And the X-Men, like, fight this fucking, like, half-broken Sentinel. And then, when it is awakened by that AI, it is given, like, a consciousness, and as such, a morality. And it, like... And what Professor X winds up doing is actually waking up, like, a memory that it has. And the memory is it destroying Genosha, and it is so racked with guilt for what it did to Genosha... Mm -hmm that it's like, okay, I'm going to stop fighting, I'm in peace. And he just leaves. And when he comes back, the bullet's coming for Earth, and he's like, maybe this is what I can do to, sit, like, to save uh. everybody. So he like throws himself in front of him. He doesn't stop it. No, nope. but of he course not. It's a giant bullet. Yeah. If it's going to destroy the planet, it's not, it's not going to be stopped by a sentinel. No. no. So what, what fucking happens is Shadowcat uses her phasing powers, and she phases the bullet through the planet. That's fucking cool. <laughs> that's impressive and then that's he, the coolest thing I've yeah, seen so far and it goes through the planet and then goes on forever why wait 
So she's gone? So she's trapped in the bullet forever. As, as, as much as the book would like you to think. Wow. I was going to say no, because once it's, once it's out... Yeah. She's she still leave. in there. Yeah, but like she would leave, leave into outer space. Into outer space, or in the middle of the planet. Also, the metal that it's made of is making her sick, and it's fucking with her powers. Right. And oh, when shit. she keeps going, she's like, I'm going to start like running into plants and shit. So she winds up like using her phasing powers constantly. Well, wouldn't she eventually starve to death? Yes. But wouldn't she starve to death long before she reached another planet? In fact, yes. how did she even get from one planet to Earth without dying because it would take like thousands of years traveling yeah, at some point speed. Well, I don't about, know. How about like forget starving to death, what if she has to go to the bathroom? Yeah. That's gonna happen a lot. Well, she could just go. Yeah. She could just go. She's just in a silver room. Who cares? Yeah. There's no one to judge her now. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm a little more worried about suit. her dying. Wait, wait. She can also just phase her if crap through her suit. I was gonna say if she's incorporeal, if she pees, is that still incorporeal? Yeah, I wonder. Well, it doesn't matter, because eventually she... Well, alright, so the end of the book is, like, her dying. Or is her going off into space. And right. we're like, oh, shit, we lost Kitty. Like, that sucks. Later, Magneto would wind up pulling the bullet back and opening her up and giving it, giving her to the X-Men as a bargaining chip to let him join the X-Men. But that's another story for another time. Now, you asked earlier about that bullet. Is he pulls the, the bullet Well, actually, back. he finds it way earlier... And then he just keeps a mental tab on where it is at all times in case he ever needs to pull it back and get Kitty. You mean... Like, right away, he like he's like, oh, Kitty's in that bullet. And maybe one day I'll bring it back. Okay, but within, like, days she would be dead. Yes, but she was always phasing. And so, like, she, like, her, her, physio like, her body changed as a result. Like, she's, she's incorporeal 100% of the time. There is no way he could get so to the bullet. No, he just uses his powers, no, just, and then they just reaches pull, out yeah. with magnetism. Because back then... Into Mag way outer space? Magnetism. Look, it was a stretch when he it changed the poles yeah. of the Earth. Yeah, that's in the Ultimate Universe. Was it was in the Ultimate Universe. It's not whatever. the right Magneto. It was still bullshit when he did that. Magneto was way over back way then. easier than pulling a bullet from outer space. He was really, really overpowered in this yeah, time. Yeah, now period. he's even more No, he's underpowered now. Because he could pull a bullet. No, I mean like during this... It's pulling a planet inside. You know what? Mars has metal on it. I'm going to pull Mars. Because <laughs> if it had enough metal, but that thing's totally made of metal. That's what about asteroids? asteroids? I can just pull asteroids down. They're mostly metal. Asteroid, asteroid, <laughs> asteroid, asteroid. Yeah, he should do that. That'd be cool. Destroy every city I think he actually Earth. does wind up using an asteroid as a base of operations. It's called Asteroid M. Anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, so that's the end of the whole four-volume four set. A lot of stuff happened in between. We skipped two and three. I'm really glad that for science. Of course, it does. Well, well, I'm really glad that Magneto doesn't do that in this. Book. No, no, no. That's not even in this. I know. Like, no, no, that's just later. the fact that the bullet traveled from one planet to another in less than many years. Right. Is absurd. I know. Sorry. I'm sure it's they a, have some bullshit explanation. It's yeah, a really so fast like, oh, bullet. It's really fast. They used hyperspace, and it's made of a special metal that it. cuts through nothing. Really yeah, fast. that cuts. That can warp space and time around it. Yeah, no, they maybe. just you know they fired the bullet into a wormhole. Yeah, maybe they did. Yeah, except, I, don't uh, I don't remember. Actually, so, the end of the the gun is a wormhole. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. volume two is. Remember when I said that the danger room is uh, a holodeck? Was a holodeck yes. that's using Shi'ar technology? Yeah. Well, as it turns out, uh, this is just the other cool thing that happens in this story. Uh, and by cool, I mean whatever. Uh, the, the danger room, just cutting to the chase, the danger room becomes sentient. Okay. I have a what? feeling that that's where it's yeah. going. Oh, and, that's cool. And, and, and in fact, the danger room was always sentient. 
Wait, is it what? sentient to the form Even of like? Was a holiday? It's yes. Well, angry? like it was. Yes. Well, it's it was a room designed to fight the X Men. It's an AI designed to fight and to know all the weaknesses of the X-Men and fight them. I thought it was just a room it used originally to be just a with room. razor blades. It was. Stuff, right? but was like it sentient when, then? No. Okay. No, it was only like recently when Professor X rebuilt the mansion okay. that he infused the danger room with Shi'ar technology and learned... This is like, and I built one danger room and it kind of sucked. Well, it was silly. It was just razor blades and crushers. Yeah. Like, <laughs> An American gladiator could get through that. Yeah. Pyro, and not the Pyro that's a member of the Brotherhood of Evil, evil Mutants, would be able to get through it. The Danger Room becomes sentient, and... And they have to fight it. And they have to fight it. And, like, here's the thing. Like, the Danger Room winds up, like, tricking the X-Men into putting all, like, the kids into the Danger Room, because it's, like, technically the most secure room. Right. Before they knew. And the Danger Room winds up calling the, the Sentinel and infecting it with AI and making it, oh, like, self-aware. And that's the Sentinel that destroyed Genosha that will appear later on in the story. Okay. Uh, they dispatch the Sentinel, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But, like, they, uh, they wind up just, like... Okay, so the idea here is that the Danger Room was never designed to kill anyone. Right. It was only designed to hurt the X-Men or fight them and train them. Yeah. And so as such, the Danger Room can't kill anybody. But right. it wants to. But it wants to. to. It's like the genie in Aladdin. Yeah. Can't kill I can't anybody. kill anybody. So, like, he actually but winds he up... But he wants to. What, what actually winds <laughs> up being the catalyst for him is that the the uh, the cure... Ord winds up, like that douchey alien, when he... Like, before he is defeated the second time and then sent to... Brand and shield and shit. Uh, Ord winds up going to the mansion looking for the X Men. And of course, the X Men went to the the company where he lives, like to fight him. And it's funny because he's like, he's like, wait, you mean the X Men aren't here? And the kids are like, no, they like went to look for you, I guess. And he's like, well, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> but then like he fights armor and uh, and wing, and he winds up using the cure on wing. Oh. So wing can't fly anymore. Ooh, and so shit. wing's like, I would rather die. And so Wing winds up like... So he jumps off a building. He jumps off a cliff and kills himself. Oh my. Well, um, he got to fly one last time. It's actually that was incredibly... Thing. And it's funny because he says... Ah! He says like, I, he's like... Well, he's on a cliff and his like friend is there and she's like... She's like talking to him and trying to get him to like talk about his feelings and stuff. And he's on the cliff and he's just like, I just... I just would. I just want to die. She's like, yeah, but like the thing is, if you if you do that, like he's like, I want to fly one more time. Because she she goes, yeah, but if you do that, you will fly for like three seconds and then fucking die. And he's like, well, I don't know what to do. And then she says, if you were, she, she, he goes, what would you do if you didn't have any, if you, if you lost your powers? And she's like, well, if I had any, any, any courage in my, like, at all, I would kill myself. <laughs> and so he does. And Why he did she say that? Because she's actually the danger room, and he <gasps> was in the danger room. Oh, and no. she, so the danger room convinced him to kill himself. And when the, that happens, the danger room's like, I'm free, I can finally, like, I have effect on these people like i can kill without actually having to do it because that I is it's a loophole really crazy it's really That's creepy and up. so actually when they when the x-men like, get in the danger room his mangled body is in there and they're like ah! it's like when they fucking <laughs> wheel ralph's dead body in <laughs> not another kindergarten ah! <laughs> like they go in there and like yeah and then of course the danger room is like let's be really creepy and like 
I'll use his body with my electricity no. powers, like make him talk to no. them and stuff. Oh fuck! Oh god! Yeah, and he's this demented puppet, and then they destroy the danger room, like thing, like the tether that keeps it there. Blah, I don't blah, want blah. to read this story. I, know, I was really gonna dark. want to, but I don't want to anymore. So then, no, 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 you will. So then <laughs> they make. So then she, uh, the danger room, that is to say, uses like all its. And then creates an Ultron for the X-Men. Ultron for the X-Men shows up, and her name is Danger. Because she's not a room anymore, so it's just Danger. Uh, so Danger fights them, and then Danger winds up going to Genosha, because Danger is one of like the few people who knows where Professor X is hiding, and Danger wants to have like a battle of wits with Professor X, because Danger is really mad at Professor X, because as it turns out... You left me! No, as it turns out, Professor X knew she was sentient the whole time and locked her in the programming of the Danger Room. Because he's like, I, I need a room that does all this cool stuff. <laughs> Look, I'm sorry, I'm but sorry, like, but like, you're not even really a person. You're just an AI. You're just an AI, and like, I know, like, the first thing that Professor X sensed in her was something like, where am I? So he like knew that she was sentient. And he goes, oh, shit. And he's like, ching, 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 box. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, but I really, really want to go to Hawaii on a shoestring budget. So, so Professor X is kind of a dick. Yes. And so the X-Men are like, fuck you, Professor X. And then they leave. <laughs> That's it. And then like, That's creepy. Yeah, it's a cool story. There's a lot Still, of stuff that happens creepy between. Room. Yeah, very creepy. Yeah. And Danger becomes a villain for them that no one cares about. And, uh, yeah. I've never heard of her before. No. She becomes a villain who can try and convince people to kill them. Exactly! Because then they find out, like, they try to kill her. Like, or she goes with them, by the way, to break world, and, like, she tries to, like, fuck up their plans, oh, and geez. she can't kill Cyclops. And she's like, don't worry, I'll... Don't you feel bad about Gene? Like, every time you're plowing Emma, you're just... It's just Gene. Give it to Gene. Isn't, it, doesn't that make you just want to, I don't know, like... Kill up, your... Optic blast yourself, man. Does that even work? How do you not blow your eyelids just, out? Yeah, exactly. How does it... If you use your Corpse visor, wouldn't the bounce back blast your brain through the back of your skull? In fact, you know what? I'm just really confused now. Yeah, you know what? I quit. I'm going to fight the Avengers. It's a cool book. I loved it. I, I like, And I read it, like... A long time ago, and I was like, whatever, I don't give a shit about the X-Men, fuck this. <laughs> Who's this Joss Whedon guy? Yeah, right. But, you know what, it's pretty fucking cool. And he does a really nice job with the X-Men, and made, made me give a crap about who these people were. Yeah. Which is hard to do. Because <laughs> sometimes, well, because they have such a storied history, and sometimes it's cool, and a lot of times it ain't. Right. And, you know what, like, it, I, I was, I was reading ahead after this, and I was like, not as cool as this. Yeah. Like, so it's like, the X-Men, for me, the X-Men have great runs. Like, there's great mm -hmm. moments for the X-Men. Just like every comic. Any comic yeah. that, you read, that has it's a long-standing history, fantastic. it ain't always going to be great. Yeah. You know, sometimes you're, you're, you're going to get an Inferno in there. You know? Sometimes you're going to get a, you're going to get an extra Zorn. You know? It's going to happen. So, there you go. Astonishing X-Men. Uh, would you guys read this? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not like... Uh, no, you're not it, running out to read it. But yeah, like, but it doesn't look fucking dumb. No. It looks like it could be cool. So. And there's cool yeah. moments, but there's so many Whedonisms. Like, there's moments mm. where, like, like when Ord is monologuing and then everyone's looking behind him and he's like, what? Is there something behind me? And then he turns around and it's a fucking dragon. It's Lockheed blasting in his face. By the way, another cool moment is Lockheed the dragon is Abigail Brand's informant in the X-Men. Like, he's what? the mole. Because Abigail Brand deals with alien species all the and time. He's an alien. And he's an alien, and he just wants to go home. And, like, this fucking chick took him as a pet. Uh, and he's he, in their house. That's 
freaking no, weird. No, no. Like he, he doesn't like, want cuddles up he, to he doesn't mind. Kitty Pride. He, he likes her. He doesn't mind, but he also would rather go home. I see. Look, he'd rather, you know, fuck other dragons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I knew where you were going with He that. goes into the danger room and is just like, can you do something? Give me dragons. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> dragons. Well, so wait, <laughs> this little purple dragon, like, <sighs> and you just see these holographic dragons just. And he's like, yes! No, Emma Frost yeah. is having mindsets with Lockheed. Yeah, Emma Frost has been banging Lockheed yeah. all the time. Yeah. She well, turns himself into a into a purple dragon, and he's like, Fi finally. Yeah. Shit. Does he... If, what is What does she offer him? Like, does she say, like, I'll send you home? I or don't like, even know. I'm like, in... in, in or she's just like, I understand you, because I deal with aliens. What well, she me? also speaks his language. Oh. Really? Is his language fire? Just... Just degrees of fire. No, like he goes to the language. circus. He sees fire blowers. He's just like ah, yeah. oh, family. There's so, a funny moment so, later where like they, they they reveal that by the way, and like then Lockheed like tries to come with them, and like Shadowcat gives him a look, and he's like, all right, yeah, I guess this is done. <laughs> like he doesn't say that, but like I'm a mole, yeah, he's you like, know. Oh, yeah, well, all right. So I guess we're yeah, we're not. I'm not your loyal pet anymore. Yeah. Right. So sword is men in black. Yes. Okay. Well, like, if Men in Black's base of operations was in a huge, awesome spaceship orbiting the Earth. Okay. And, yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Because, like... Like, they speak the alien languages, the aliens. Yes. and they're, like, they deal with diplomats mm -hmm. from other and, species. Well, th except, here's the thing. Yeah, but they're not teaming up to, like, destroy race, uh, species on Earth. Men in Black isn't. Well, no. Well, like, here's the thing. Like, S.W.O.R.D.'s primary objective is... Protect the Earth from alien threats. Right. That's the bot. Like, like the Men in Black. Like the Men in Black. Yeah. Uh, well, except like the Men in Black are also like liaisons to aliens. Like Sword is not. Like Sword is actually just like, if you think if an alien comes to Earth and you think it might be a threat, kill it. Mm. But the fire breathing dragon was not a threat. Well, it's been living here for so long. I see. And she found it was more useful as an informant for the X-Men. The X-Men are a little more dangerous than a tiny firing dragon. Yeah, I guess. Who really just... Why does she even care about the X-Men? They're not aliens. No, but they deal with aliens a lot. They brought a Phoenix Force uh, out from the galaxy and destroyed planets with it. Yeah, so. if you're bringing alien stuff back to Earth, you're yeah. kind of on their, their list. Their danger room was made for the sentient alien organism. Yeah, so. that's true. Yeah. The X-Men are actually like... One of the number one people. <laughs> and it's so funny because every time the X-Men are in this moment where they're like, they'll never trust us. I'm like, you give everyone no reason to trust you. Like, <laughs> you, you and, you, and you constantly talk about how you're going to self-regulate and you're going to manage it yourself. But I know for story purposes that any, ob any obstacle that you're going to face is going to be a world-threatening yeah. problem. Yeah. So and it's and never Wolverine's only answer is going to be to kill it. Right? Or go back in time and kill it. Yeah. He broke the time stream! Hey, wait, wait. Who built this giant bullet? I'm gonna go back in time and kill that person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, the X-Men are really responsible for some of the most destructive events. House of M. Even the Secret Wars, more Secret. or less. Yeah. Anything with time travel, the yep. Phoenix. Yep. Way to go, X-Men. Yeah, way to wreck everything. Yeah. That yeah. said, more interesting than the humans. Yeah. Way better. So much better. I'm Sal. I'm Ethan. I'm Ben. So long and thanks a lot for watching. Guys, you want to get one of these sweet shirts that we're all wearing? Go over to our Tee Public store at tpublic.com/comicbop. We got all these awesome uh, uh, designs here. We didn't make these, but we sure made this one. If you like 
a game that came out 15 years ago, you will love this shirt. <laughs> we also made a sweet Ultron 8 is a better father than you'll ever be shirt. Not featured here, of course. And uh, you should check that out. It's a really great store, and you can click right here in the description box down below to find the link to it. And hey, if you get a if you get a sweet shirt, maybe I'll maybe I'll send you something. Like tweet us, and I'll I'll send you a thing. You know, maybe. Anyway, thanks for watching. Hey, uh, did that guy ever get a shirt? No, he didn't. You know, we should probably give away another shirt at some point. I agree. Yeah. Let's do another giveaway shirt. Someone who actually wants something. Hey, how about a, here's an idea. Let us know in the comment section down below. You want a shirt? Give me a reason why. Best one gets a shirt. There you go. If you respond. Well, yeah. We announce that you've won. <laughs> you don't, you won't get the shirt. Yeah. yeah. Be sure to mention, like, I want the shirt. I want the shirt, and I will give and, you information. And this is the reason so why. So that I can get it. Yeah. Like, as opposed to just saying, as opposed to just participating, right. and then disappearing like a fucking phantom. Well, because sadly, like, you know, we reached out, and the guy has not responded. No, yeah. it's been weeks. No. He missed he out. He exists anymore. He died around the same time as your father. <laughs> Nerds. <laughs> No! Are you going to take it? You knew my father? Oh no, I was done. Uh, <laughs> I only learned after oh, I was like, done. I did disappeared on the same time. You died around the same time as your father. I was like, wait, that's Star Wars. That's Star Wars, isn't it? You fucking nerd! Get out of here! <laughs>